we thought that we had stumbled upon this this industry that um, was unknown to anybody in the U.S. and that and that actually wasn't the case. But there wasn't any centralized system that everybody was using that that managed and tracked that inventory efficiently. Uh, most of our customers are actually using um, Excel or pen and paper, um, which can turn into a disaster very quickly. Welcome back to Venturing Out. I'm your host, Dylan Fontaine. If you're like me and have never lived anywhere north of Dallas, you probably have no idea what snow tires are. For us who didn't even know they existed, snow or winter tires are simply tires with additional tread that help drivers travel around in snow. We may say, great, so what? It's summer. Well, imagine being up north and winter comes. It's snowing all the time, and you're now worried about driving. So what do you do? You say to yourself, ah, I'll go put on my winter tires. Well, where are they? The storage of winter tires is another chore for those up north. And if you're like me, my garage is already filled with other junk. So I now have to go rent a storage unit to hold the set of tires that I'm not using. And you may say again, well, I'll just go take my car to the dealership. They service everything, which may be true. And you go to the dealership and you drive away feeling comforted knowing you have your winter tires. But who is left with those extra tires? The dealership. And now your dealer has not only your winter tires, but they have the winter tires of every single customer. Hundreds of sets of tires now are being kept by your dealer and they are responsible for making sure you get your tires back to you in the summer. Well, they're often trying to track this data on Excel, but some are even using pen and paper. You can imagine how difficult it is to one, manage the data, but two, accurately check in and out tire sets to the correct customers. Luke and Charlie are trying to solve this problem by creating a cloud-based application that gives dealers the tools to accurately record and manage customer records, helping dealers provide a better service to drive more customer traffic back to their dealerships. Luke and Charlie, thanks again for being here with us today. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having us, Dylan. Yeah, we're excited to be here. So for those that don't know you, uh, maybe start by telling us a little bit about each of yourselves. Yeah, so uh, my name is Charlie Debler. I am um, a member of the Venturing Out podcast, and I'm also the uh, co-founder and COO for Inventire. And I'm from Lakewood, Colorado, which is where I'm recording right now. Awesome. And I'm, I'm Luke Stetler. Um, I am the uh, CEO of Inventire, um, and I just graduated from Baylor, just like Charlie um, entrepreneurship major in college, and I'm happy to be back here talking about Inventire. So what is exactly Inventire? Inventire is the company that Luke and I started uh, sophomore year, and it now consists of four members. So Luke, myself, uh, Luke's brother Mason, and our CTO, Tristan. And what we do is we provide a software as a service platform for car dealerships and other automotive companies who store winter tires for their customers. Our platform, we've been working on it for about two years now. Um, finally 
finally coming to um, fruition. And uh, yeah, we've been we've been building it out. We've been in development for about six months now of the actual platform, and then the previous year and a half was spent doing research and um, really validating our business concept and getting ready for um, for the steps that we're that we're getting to take now. Um, now that we've worked on our on our platform and and uh, and deployed it across the internet. So Inventire is a software as a service inventory management tool, right? That's correct. Yeah. For off season snow snow tires. Yep. Okay. Understanding that, maybe we can then lead into what is the origin story of Inventire. Yeah, for sure. And there's a few things to understand about about the seasonal tire storage industry. Uh, the fir- the first being. Um, for those of you who don't know what what seasonal tires are, uh, basically people in colder climates where it snows a lot um, usually drive with two sets of tires, one for the summer and one for the winter. And basically this entire industry is built off of storing the set of tires that's not on the vehicle. So these tires take up a lot of space. They're dirty. They're heavy. People don't like moving them around. So this is, is a convenience service for customers so that they don't have to lug around the tires in the back of their car um, and how Inventire was started. So back about six years ago, um, I was a sophomore in high school and my uncle was downsizing from a house to an apartment. And as we just talked about, seasonal tires take up a ton of space, either in your garage or in even sometimes in your house. And so when he was downsizing, he realized that he had no good place to store his seasonal tires and him and I had been working together on a few ideas just to um, just to make a little bit of extra cash and and just like own a little bit of a of a side hustle you could say and he kind of brought this idea to me about maybe starting like a seasonal tire storage company and I did a little bit of research about um, seasonal tire storage the seasonal tire storage industry and come to find out that that there were actually some programs that already existed in places like um, Denver and Colorado Springs in Colorado. And then it's very common up in Canada. And so I, I took this information and decided that, Hey, I was going to, I was going to go start my own seasonal tire storage company. So I went out, I bought a 40 foot shipping container and filled it with tires. And um, the business is, is still running today. I'm no longer in charge of it. Um, when I, when I came, came off to college here at Baylor, I actually handed the operational side down to my little brother, uh, Logan, who still runs it to this day. And he's doing a great job with it. And, um, and when I handed that off, I was speaking with some of, the, some of the faculty in the entrepreneurship department. And they told me to, to try and leverage what I had learned from Durango Tire Storage to go and start something new. So after thinking a little bit, we finally um, landed on the idea of building out a SaaS platform. Um, for dealerships, tire stores, and service facilities to manage the inventory for their own programs. And we spent about a year validating this concept. So a year of research and validation, um, talked with some potential customers, um, which we'll talk a little bit about later, and really just just made sure that this is exactly what, uh, what the best idea was that we could do with the information that we had and, um, and that we were even capable of of deploying something like this um, to these car dealerships across the country. And um, as I said before, we've been in development for about six months now. So after that year, um, we decided that, that we wanted to go ahead and move forward. And, um, and we spent, you know, we spent um, a little bit of, a little bit of money to try and develop out a really um, 
a workflow management and inventory management system for car dealerships. And uh, we finished, we've pretty much finished it. Um, and now we're actually signing on our beta testers, uh, which we'll again, talk about a little bit later um, that are going to start using our system within the, within the coming weeks. That's a great story, Luke. So just to summarize, it started initially as a venture in high school to where you were approached by somebody, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so you were approached by somebody who said, hey, I need my off-season tires uh, stored. And so you were actually storing the inventory or the tires at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. And and then you transitioned, once you got to Baylor, you transitioned from actually storing inventory to creating a software that would help dealerships store their inventory. Yeah, exactly. Because, because you know, I, as you can imagine, the actual storage of the tires is is a is a quite difficult thing to do. I mean, there's a reason that somebody's willing to pay for somebody else to do it because they don't want to be doing it themselves. Right. And storing the actual inventory yourself or creating some type of like uh, like a franchise around tire storage. That's I mean, if you're storage storing them in storage containers, that's a lot of I guess, capital needed to start up. And that wasn't really an option for you at the time, was it? Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, for anybody that, that um, knows about storage of any kind, your, your options are basically to purchase your own um, like shipping container or rent out like a storage unit or something. And, and we looked at that as an option for Durango tire storage, but it, it wasn't financially viable. And, you know, a shipping container can cost you $4,000, but, um, but ultimately if you, you know, if you do fill it with tires for, for a um, seasonal tire storage system, it, it does end up working. But I think that the reason that we, that we kind of shifted our focus more to a SaaS system is because, is because we, th- there's only so many tires you can actually store in a given area, but there's no limit to the amount of data that you can collect and use and monetize. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, one of the first, actually, I think it was the first time our CTO, Tristan, um, like had a meeting with us was when we were uh, getting in a very heated discussion about whether or not we should start franchising inventory or not. So that must have been what, about a year and a half ago, Luke? Yeah, um, I think so. And I mean, that was sort of the first hurdle we had to overcome was when we decided, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to branch into these franchises. We think software is the way to go. Right. Because, because we don't want to actually be liable for like the inventory, you know, we're, we're liable for our customers data, but, but past that, we're not actually having to deal with sets that can be worth a thousand dollars a tire for a, for an Audi or a Lamborghini or, or whatever. Yeah. And so you guys mentioned transitioning from this this franchise opportunity to software uh, and you had you had said software as a service so for somebody who isn't familiar with software as a service or SaaS, um, how would you explain it so basically software as a service is um, when a company creates a software and then they license it out to their customers and so there are obviously pros and cons to any business model, but uh, software as a service, basically, once you, um, you know, expend the necessary capital to get the software up and running in the first place, uh, then you can pretty much take advantage of, of economies of scale to um, 
you know, sell the software to basically anybody who is interested in, in using it. Um, and so what's so good about that is again, like you can scale it basically to infinity. And that was what was super appealing about software as a service model for us is as college students, you know, we just had to uh, deal with the initial development costs and then we would pretty much be good to go from there. And, and also human capital is a major thing with software, right? Because you, you, once you have the people, the management team of the particular system, you're, you know, you're not having to deal with manual labor. You're not having to deal with those kind of things that uh, do cost a lot of money and also have increased uh, risk and liability, not only for investment purposes, but for, um, for insurance purposes and, and other things like that. The, the software just makes so much more sense in order to, to mitigate that risk. Right. And so what did what you had said initially was how scalable um, the software as a service business model is. And for listeners, readily easy to understand example of SaaS is, for example, uh, the Microsoft platform. So Microsoft Word, Excel and PowerPoint that you use, it used to come on like a hard drive or some disk that you could plug into your computer and you'd have to actually download the software from there in order to have that application on your computer. Well, now we're able to download Word, Excel, PowerPoint, any other software that Microsoft ha gives us access to via a single subscription and download it directly from the web. And so that's exactly what Charlie and Luke are doing with Inventire. So they're giving their dealers the ability to subscribe to the, um, the inventory management tool and download it directly into their computer. Now, Luke, you had mentioned risk with, uh, with this SaaS business model and how it alleviates a lot of it. Being student entrepreneurs and coming out into the real world as a full-time entrepreneur group, how did you minimize risk and exposure? Yeah, so so the main way we did that is by spending so long just just preparing. Um, for a lot of companies, you can spend years and years and years planning, developing, and stuff. But eventually, you do have to take the plunge into actually spending money and actually developing out your product. So, and there's only so much uh, risk that you can mitigate by by doing that research. But we did almost every, we tried to expend all of our um, resources doing that in order to make sure that, that we can prove out our business model and, and know if there's, if there's even going to be a market for our product after we develop it. Now, when, after our year of research, we actually figured out that, that about 30% of dealerships above the, um, basically the, the halfway line between Northern and, and Southern United States already had a seasonal tire storage program. This was a huge surprise to us. We thought that we had stumbled upon this, this industry that um, was unknown to anybody in the US and that, and that actually wasn't the case, but there wasn't any centralized system that everybody was using that, that managed and tracked that inventory efficiently. Uh, most of our customers are actually using um, Excel or pen and paper, um, which can turn into a disaster very quickly. And we, so we saw that as a great opportunity for Inventire to fill that void where they can use this automated platform and only pay a small subscription fee every month. Right. Yep. Go ahead, Dan. 
we'll just edit this part out. You guys feeling good yeah, so far? Good. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about, we'll talk, we'll go into selling. Um, and then from there, we, I didn't, I don't have it here, but we'll talk about your beta testers and that build, measure, learn feedback loop like we did yeah. last time. I think that's a good build, part. Build, measure, learn. I got to remember that. BML. I screwed, it's like, I screwed that up it's last like BLM, time. I, I was, yeah, yeah. But yeah. BML. BML. Build, measure, okay. learn. Okay. Charlie, you're killing it. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So Luke and Charlie, you guys came out of the Baylor entrepreneurship program. So Baylor, I mean, never mind. Cut this too, Trey. So Luke and Charlie, you both came out of the Baylor entrepreneurship ecosystem. Charlie, you were a professional selling major and Luke was entrepreneurship and you were both integrated into Oso Launch and the incubator program. And now you've transitioned to this full-time entrepreneur role. Luke is handling a lot of the 30,000 foot level strategy um, because Luke is working a full-time job. And that's just the nature of most entrepreneurship right out of college is you have to work something in order to sustain operations and pay for one, uh, your living expenses, but any other operational costs for the business that may require to get going unless you've found some type of funding. Um, but Charlie, you, for the most part, are in a full-time role with Inventire, and you're hitting the road every day, selling B2B to dealerships. Maybe tell us about that experience. For sure. Yeah. So uh, as Luke mentioned, we'd spent a year, a good solid year, just doing research and due diligence um, to validate our business concept. And so we had compiled tons of research, tons of data that we could use when moving forward to actually start selling. And so um, come you know, March, 2021, when we're at finally ready to, to hit the ground. Stop uh, moving. Let's just, just start that, just start yeah, that. Just start oh, that okay, okay. Yeah, when you move, you can hear it. Yeah. Gotcha, got it, okay. Right. Um, so, so I can, I so. can here, I'll, I'll, I'll end where I left off or where I left and then Charlie just dig into it. Um, and then we'll keep like a two second gap in between me and you and Trey will cut in that gap. So, so Charlie, you being out on the road, most of the time selling B2B to dealerships, tell us about that experience. Sure. So as Luke said, we had a about a year where we pretty much just did research, right? Because we were college students, you know, we didn't have a ton of resources at our disposal, uh, but we did have a lot of time. And so we spent that whole year compiling a huge list of different dealerships to call, who we thought would be most likely to have seasonal tire storage, et cetera, et cetera. And so come March now, when we're getting ready to get out there and sell, um, you know, we had that uh, research that we had done beforehand, so that made selling a little bit easier. But one quote that I've read that really, I, really, I think encapsulates B2B selling is that uh, as a salesperson, it's not your job to convince someone who doesn't want your product to buy it. Your job as a salesperson is to alleviate the process of, or not alleviate, but you know, to simplify the process of someone who does want to buy your product and make it as seamless as possible. 
And so one good example of this uh, we have <laughs> occurred when, um, you know, Luke and I visited a dealership in person and we had a good conversation with uh, one of the decision makers who we were trying to reach. You know, we, we gave him our pitch. He basically said he was interested in our product more or less. And so I followed up with him a day later and I also reached out to um, a different person at a dealership that's like a subsidiary of, of the guy we spoke with. And the guy we spoke with was not happy with that whatsoever. He said basically along the lines of he didn't appreciate the fact that we were going behind his back or going around him, which was not my intention whatsoever, uh, but that's how he took it. And now most likely we're not going to make that sale. So something as simple as, uh, you know, a person who's even interested in your product uh, getting offended at something you say could cause you to lose the sale. So um, Dylan, to, to circle back to the question you asked, you know, as a salesperson, you have to do everything right. And then you have the opportunity of making a sale. There's no guarantee. Um, and so it's been a great experience to learn that and see firsthand, but it's definitely difficult. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to Venturing Out. We are incredibly appreciative of Luke and Charlie joining us to share their experience and the origin of Inventire. In our next episode, we will explore how Inventire is handling their beta tester integrations, how they're utilizing a build, measure, learn feedback loop to continuously become better, and what advice they may have for you. Like Luke and Charlie, we want to continue improving as well. And the way we do that is by hearing from you. If you have the time, please leave us a rating or review on your preferred listening platform. We actually read them. Follow our social media by searching Baylor Venturing Out and connect with us. We'd love to hear what we're doing well and what we can improve on. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.